Well, Razorback fans, the tight end room gets a little bit thinner with the departure of Dow Loggins and Trey Knox. We'll talk about what that means. Also, what's the holdup with the defensive coordinator search for Sam Pittman? And also RIP to one of the greatest and most iconic college football coaches of our time. It's all coming up on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss all of the great matchups going on in all of sports right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for the price you'll love. Try it today. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday, as we know we'll have uh, lots of things to get into, uh, especially with a lot of the news going on with Razorback football. And uh, it really went down yesterday after the recording of the podcast, where some, I would say, expected and then unexpected things happened that gave different reactions and will provide different results. First off, we'll start with the one that was not so surprising, with Dow Loggins. Uh, being the tight end coach under Sam Pittman for the past couple seasons, he is reportedly going to be uh, moving on to take the offensive coordinator position at South Carolina. We know that that was going on last week. We even talked about it last week, but it looks like that it is officially happening that Log Loggins will be moving on and uh, heading over to South Carolina to be their new offensive coordinator. Now, that comes as not necessarily a surprise, mainly due to the fact that we know what Shane Beamer was looking for. As far as offensive coordinators go, really wanted to focus more on a pro style type of offense, which we know Loggins has a lot of experience in. And it made sense that a guy like him with his NFL experience and everything would fit right into what South Carolina is trying to do. We'll have a good situation there with the quarterback room. And I'm assuming it'll probably be a very significant pay increase to head over there as well. So I'll start with what my reactions to, to Coach Loggins. And, and again, I say that. I really respected Coach Longins. I mean, he was a Razorback. He's a guy that had wanted to come back to Arkansas in his dream job. Had done a really good job, at least in, in the recruiting of some tight ends too, which we'll talk about. But uh, overall, it was just a really good fit for him. And I think his dream and the setup that he had at Arkansas was that if the offensive coordinator position opened up with Kendall Bryles, if he left, that Dow Loggins would kind of be the next in line. That was the impression I believe he had, and that was the impression I think Sam Pittman left on him and when he hired him. But what this says is that Kendall Bryles is staying. Kendall Bryles is going to be the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach once again next year. And Loggins looked at this as like, well, I'll move on and, and try to build up my resume and try to you know, get into that coordinator position. But from what I understand too, is that he is always going to be willing to come back. You know, if there was ever a time where, Kendall Bryles moved on and Sam Pittman offered the job to Dow Loggins, then the job would be his. He would, he would come here. That's my impression. That's what I've heard. He wants to be here, but I also understand why he wants to move on and try to build up something there too. I, I you know, I not to, you know, relate to the same thing, but I kind of did the same thing where, uh, you know, when I was working at the one Oh three, seven, the buzz, I was actually in promotions and what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on the air. And then I had the opportunity to go to ESPN Arkansas to be the morning rush host which you know I was all about and, and jumped to and left. But I told the buzz, I was like, if there's ever an, an opening 
back here. Uh, I'll definitely be interested and, and definitely want it. And then, of course, it ended up happening. So sometimes it just happens in life and in jobs. And I think it would be happening with Dow Loggins. I think that he would absolutely come back and not even think twice, especially if it was uh, at the offensive coordinator position. But I will say, though, that we'll, we'll wait and see as far as how he'll do at the offensive coordinator position, how he'll call plays, if it'll be a good offense there at South Carolina. It's yet to be determined. But I think the biggest part is just the, the tight end room and recruiting. Because as we know, Arkansas has three incredible tight ends committed right now that is desperately needed where you haven't really had a great tight end over the past few years under Sam Pittman. And they really focused on that a lot in recruiting. And now you have to think, okay, well, now that your tight ends coach is gone and Dow Loggins was a pivotal recruiter in that uh, whole regard, are they going to stay committed to Arkansas? Are they going to stay here and play for the Razorbacks? Are one of them going to decommit? Two of them? All of them? Don't really know, but that's going to be the key factor in this whole thing to see what happens with these tight ends. And you know, I would be, I'm just going to be honest, I'll be surprised if all three of them stay with Arkansas. Just, you know, given the circumstances, it happens. I'd love for them all three to stay, but it would just be surprising. I would be okay if two, just two of them stayed. If only one of them stayed, then that's kind of disappointing. And of course, if zero of them stayed, then that's really bad. But this is uh, this is going to be interesting to see what happens as far as the recruiting goes. But I wish Dow Loggins the best of luck because uh, we know that he's a guy that has tried to get back into the college ranks. And since he's done a good job in recruiting, he obviously is feeling very familiar with it. And we'll see how he does at South Carolina. <clears throat> so that was the unsurprising or non-surprising thing that happened yesterday. The real surprising thing that happened yesterday was Trey Knox. Trey Knox entering into the transfer portal. That that was wild. That was just happening soon after it was announced that Dow Loggins was going to take the job at South Carolina. And it was just a, it was a strange thing. It was a strange thing because Trey Knox, for, for all intents and purposes, he was big time with the Arkansas program. He loved being at Arkansas. He could have transferred at many different times, whether it was the coaching change under Chad Morris, whether it was when Justin Stepp left, whether it was when he had asked to move to tight end, whatever it was, he could have left and he didn't. And he was always about Arkansas. He was always about doing the best by him. So to hear him enter into the portal was a shock. And he was a guy that I was uh, a pretty big on. I know that this year as a tight end position, it seemed like he did a, a lot of good things too. He also had some crucial plays, some crucial drops at times in games which was uh, you know, not, not something you ever want to see. But overall, I really liked the move that he had to tie in. It seemed like he was doing a really good job on it. But entering into the portal, I think everybody can kind of put two and two together and see that, hey, Dow Loggins goes to South Carolina. It was his, quarter, his tight ends coach for two years. Justin Stepp is still at South Carolina, the wide receiver coach that recruited Trey Knox that Trey Knox was so fond of. And South Carolina is in desperate need of tight ends because a, lot of the, a few of their tight ends left and entered into the transfer portal. So that seems to be the obvious transition of where he'll go. And I hate it for him and I hate it for Arkansas because, again, I think that he offered a lot of great things and uh, did a lot of great things for Arkansas. But at the same time, though, I'm not sitting here and saying the world is coming to an end and Trey Knox leaving is, is a crucial blow that Arkansas will not be able to overcome. I think that that's just silly if, if you go into that realm. So uh, we'll see how it plays out for him and see what he decides to do, too. I've heard a lot of reasons or a lot of things as to why he entered into the portal. And I don't know, you know, what's true. It's hard to know at this point in time, what's, 
what to believe and what not to believe as far as reasonings behind why players or coaches end up making moves. I think the Dow Loggins one is obvious. The Trey Knox one, it could be something as simple as he really liked Dow Loggins and you know didn't want to play for anybody else. Could have been something to where he felt like all these new tight ends that are coming in that they're not really uh, going to give him opening up a lot of playing time. I, maybe he just feels like that's time to move on to a, another place. Whatever it may be, it's his decision and you got to respect him for it. But it's certainly just always, whether it's right or wrong, it's always one of those deals to where because of the NIL, it always makes you second guess things. And I'm not saying it's this way in, for Trey Knox at all. Like, I don't know for certain it could be, it could not be, but it's just one of those things that I always think about where a player transfers and it doesn't really maybe make sense or maybe it doesn't, you know, you thought that they were doing good and doing fine and everything was good to go and they were pivotal and part of the team and part of the planning and all that. But it just makes you wonder, okay, then if at all that makes sense and everything's going well, then what happened? Well, what's the shadowy figure behind everybody and everything in college football now that we don't know a whole lot about and doesn't get publicized a lot? NIL. We don't know. Maybe somebody got to Trey and said, hey, we got this deal over here at NIL. Or maybe he wanted more NIL and didn't get it or got told to leave. It could be this. And again, I'm just speculating here. I don't, I'm just saying that there's always going to be those thoughts that process in my mind and many people's minds as far as players leaving. Don't really have a great reason for why they're leaving, but it kind of makes you think. You know, it's always those deals with uh, other players, too, that we've seen either leave Arkansas and some people have come into Arkansas. I'm going to be honest about it. Like, they wouldn't surprise me at all if some of the players that came to Arkansas got sweet NIL deals, which is great. I love it. But it's always going to be a thought that comes into mind. So uh, I wish Trey best of luck, too. I just really thought that he could have been a part of this offense. But I think he was really tight with Dow Loggins. And now Arkansas has got to look for a new tight ends coach, which is important but it's not it's not the end of the world you know it's like i've always felt like the tight end coach position is somebody it's almost like an entry level assistant coach position not to say it doesn't require skill or anything like that i'm not saying that but it's one of those jobs to where you bring in somebody to coach tight ends but you also need them to be an elite recruiter you know like they they do more than just tight ends they they recruit players they they put things into perspective they they get uh guys on the road and and really uh, is great at communicating and recruiting that's the type of coach that you need. So I don't know who Sam Pittman's going to hire in that regard. I don't know what they're going to do with that, but it's going to be interesting to see how the tight end position in the tight end room works out. Because right now, even for the bowl game, you got Nathan Bax and Hudson Henry, I guess. So, whew, yeah, it's going to be pretty thin there. It's already thin at wide receiver. It's thin at tight end. Arkansas just may run the triple option there against Kansas in the Liberty Bowl, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But we will talk about the uh, other updates with the defensive coordinator coaching search because I know people are really, really, really trying to get after it and trying to figure out some things here in just a second. But folks, I got to tell you about Omaha Steaks. Like Omaha Steaks are incredible. I love the, like everyone loves a good steak. Let's be honest about it. There's a lot of times though that uh, you may not have the best setup or the best place to go to get quality steaks at an affordable price. Well, <clears throat> luckily for you, Omaha Steaks has an insane, an insane deal going on right now during this holiday season they have cut the prices 50 percent 50 percent state is site-wide and they give you the opportunity to give a great gift to everybody and maybe even to yourself since the holidays are here achieve gifting greatness when you gift the perfectly aged tender and delicious omaha steaks and 
here's the best thing about it. Not only can you put together different packages that they have and get different stakes and different things that they can check out, but also if you use the promo code locked on, all one word, locked on, you get an additional $40 off your order. So you're talking about 50% off site-wide and additionally given $40 off using promo code locked on. I mean, you cannot get a better deal with that anywhere at all. So they're everything you need to have. They're perfectly aged, tender steaks, juicy burgers, decadent desserts, and even classic comfort meals. A gourmet gift from Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart and a gift they'll remember with every unforgettable bite. So take advantage of the 50% off site-wide plus $40 off your order when you use promo code locked on at checkout. Whether you're shopping for friends, family, colleagues, or for yourself, every order is backed by their unconditional money back guaranteed. A money order or a minimum order is required. So be sure to check out Omaha Steaks at omahasteaks.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, um, what, what do you say about uh, what's going on with the fact that uh, Arkansas still doesn't have a defensive coordinator? Uh, and there's still some things up in the air, starting to see other teams, other coaches hire defensive coordinators or Look at defensive coordinator's position. And the one thing that I've gotten asked so much is what's the holdup? Why is this not working? This is bad. This is terrible. This is crucial. Like we're getting passed along. Nobody wants the job. Just on and on and on about the the, the world is ending and the sky is falling. And it's just one of those deals where it, it's almost it's almost nauseating. Like I had people tweeting at me, like, this is the worst offseason in football by far. Why? Well, we, we lost all these players. We lost Keytron Jackson. We lost Trey Knox. Lost Barry Odom. We lost Dow Loggins. It's just horrendous. It's terrible. Well, okay. <laughs> I am not saying that it's going to be perfect for Arkansas. That everything next season is going to be upgraded at every position, at every coaching spot, at all of that. I don't know. I really don't. And I know that with how Sam Pittman has handled his business, he keeps things pretty close to the chest. I think that he has proven as a head coach that he is a great head coach to work for. Nobody has had anything but incredible glowing reviews about working for Sam Pittman. So I think that's a huge deal. But I am just also trying to give the benefit of the doubt to Sam Pittman and let him do his thing. Now, some of you may not have the patience to deal with that. And patience is a tough thing, especially in college football, when everybody else seems to have their things going as far as adding players, and hiring coaches. You know, it always, I always feel like it reminds me of the time where I was like in elementary school, and maybe some of you can relate to this too, where like you went to an after-school program and everybody's playing on the big toy, the big uh, playground there. And one by one, each kid gets picked up by their parents. And then like you're suddenly the last kid on the playground sitting there by yourself and you're wondering whether or not your parents forgot about you to pick you up and you just have to sit there by yourself. That's kind of how the feeling can be when it comes to coaching searches and uh, waiting on when the coach is going to get hired because you look at everybody else, hey, they got their coach, they're they're moving forward, they're moving on, but we haven't hired ours yet. What's the holdup? What's the problem? I get it. Like I totally get it. The frustration sets in. You start saying, going through the speculation of, okay, well, is this, uh, is this is this bad? Like, is it is it is it okay? Should we be concerned? Are there reasons to be concerned? 
And what I looked at it when it comes to coaching searches and also with the transfer portal is there's never a reason to be concerned unless you see reason to be concerned. Like right now, it's you don't have you have void. You, you know, you don't have a defensive coordinator. You don't have a tight ends coach. Like you're missing some players. There's a void there for sure. I get it. And with a void comes concern. And with that concern comes fear. And with that fear comes an emotional reaction. It just is natural. I get it. But I feel like just in the modern day of college football, there's going to be these things that happen pretty much every single year and also happen to a lot of different teams. Transfers are happening like crazy everywhere. Bama's got them. A&M's got them. Florida's got them. Arkansas has them. Like It's happening all over the place. Everybody is having transfers just weave at a pretty rapid rate. And a lot of places have had key players, like big-time players leave. Arkansas, I mean, Keetron Jackson and Trey Knox and Miles Slusher were guys that were starters that you were excited about having on the team next year. But I wouldn't say that those any of those players were one of your best players on the team. I don't even know if any of those players were your top 10 players on the team for next year. So, you know, there's at least the silver linings there. But with the coaches leaving too, other programs are having that happen. It's just part of college football. And it's a matter of the coach who's in place, the head coach, and in this case, uh, Sam Pittman, who he replaces them with and who he gets them in. And also, I'll throw this in too. I, the only reason I would ever be concerned about coaches leaving are if coaches left for lateral movements or worse moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I saw that Barry Odom left to be the defensive coordinator at Kentucky, okay, that would be a little bit concerning because you know you can pay him. You know you are a program that is just as good, if not better, than Kentucky. So if you left to go to Kentucky, you're like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? That would usually show that that, that – Odom wanted out of here. Same thing with Dow Loggins. If he went to be the tight end coach at South Carolina and not the offensive coordinator, you'd be like, okay, what's happening? Why? Why would you take a lateral move like that? Or in some cases, a worse move. Why would you do that? So that becomes the ultimate like indicator of whether or not something is really going on. But the coaches that have left Arkansas under Sam Pittman have gone on for promotions. They have gone on for uh, better jobs. I think being the UNLV head coach, some people may scoff at that and say, is that really better than being the defense coordinator at Arkansas? Well, to me, it shows that Barry Odom wanted to be a head coach again, and he saw an opportunity at UNLV to do that. And so it could really work out for him. It could really be great, and it's kind of a stepping stone to where he can build back up uh, the head coaching regime and get to it the next level. Same thing with Dow Loggins. I get why he became the offense coordinator. That's a huge step up. So there's no reason to panic. There's no reason to start being concerned. Let's see what Sam Pittman does when he comes to hiring these new coaches, I think that he's done a pretty good job when he's had to replace coaches with good hires. You know, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I remember his first year's linebacker coach. He left, retired from coaching. Well, Michael Schur was a great upgrade. I think there's no doubt about it that uh, with, uh, I think it was uh, Jamal Ashley when he got fired from defensive line coach that Deke Adams came in and did a much, much, much better job at coaching the defensive lineman. I think Dominic Bowman is a better cornerbacks coach than uh, what Arkansas had with, uh, I think it was Carter was his name. So uh, you so anyways, you've had some differences where coaches have left, and Sam Pittman, I think, has done a pretty good job of bringing in better coaches. So we'll see. We'll see. But those don't panic. Don't freak out. Let's just see how it all plays out with the defensive coordinator position. I don't even know who's going to be coaching defensive uh, or the defensive coordinator position in the bowl game. Maybe we'll hear about that here soon. Or maybe Sam Pittman's just waiting to finally get a hire. But – 
I would be surprised if this week we don't hear something. I'll be surprised if we don't get a higher this week if you're Arkansas. Because right now, I know people are on edge, but I think it'll be okay. <coughs> That's what I think, at least. Folks, I got to tell you about Built Bar. Let's just pause this for a second and tell you about it. Okay, because you got to try out the new Built Bar and all the different great flavors that they have, whether it's the cookie dough topper, the coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper. It's so great. Like, I love Built Bar. I have one each and every day. To get me going in the mornings, it's really convenient. And the best thing about it is it's healthy for you. Like, you think about it. It's covered in 100% chocolate. How can it be healthy? Well, it's got 17 grams of protein and also only 130 calories. So just sink your teeth into every bite. So you can try Built Bar and go by going to Built.com using promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. Again, go to over to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, LOCKEDON15 for 15% off over at Built Bar. You are Locked On Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, This is a sad one. Um, Yesterday, I talked about the news of Mike Leach and dealing with a lot of the uh, health issues that he had. And we know that... uh, you know, it wasn't looking good for him. And it was something that was needing of prayers and thoughts. I think even some people took it as uh, needing a miracle for Mike Leach to to be able to, to get out of it. And unfortunately, from this morning's news, uh, Mike Leach did not make it. Uh, he did pass away this morning, and it was at the age of 61. And he passed away in the Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson, Mississippi. And in a statement, this is according to uh, Mississippi State, the Leach family said Mike was a giving and attentive husband, father, and grandfather. He was able to participate in organ donation at UMMC as a final act of charity. We are supported and uplifted by the outpouring of love and prayers from family, friends, Mississippi State community, the hospital staff, and football fans around the world. Thank you for sharing in the joy of our beloved husband and father's life. And, of course, there was a lot of other statements made, and everybody's given statements across college football. Even, you know, the University of Arkansas even talked about it, too, and uh, with Sam Pittman and Hunter Juracek. But I'm going to be honest about it. I, this one hurt me. Like, it, it really did because, you know, anytime that you have somebody pass away that was iconic and, you know, quotable and as well-known as Mike Leach, you know, it always it always hurts. But – a lot of times when we see coaches like that that end up passing away, it's always after their career's over, they've retired, they've gotten old in age, whatever it may be, and you just have to, you know, deal with the uh, the way that life is. You know, life life comes to an end for for us all. You know, it's something we can't we can't win a battle against time, and it happens. But to see it happen in this particular case with Mike Leach, where he was a coach at Mississippi State, still going strong, still being a part of it, still even on Saturday. This past Saturday, I saw that he was at an event and smiling and in good spirits and taking pictures with people and everything. For it to just all come to an end in a few days is just, it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. And so hearing this news, it rocked college football because, you know, you think about some of the great quotes that he had and the great moments that he had and also just, what he meant to college football and the ways that he was able to impact it in such a positive way for teams like Texas Tech, like Washington State, and then in this case, Mississippi State. So 
it, it was uh it was really sad and it is really sad because i always loved mike leach i remember when um i guess it was even before chad morse was hired after brett bielma was fired and then even after chad morse was fired i wanted mike leach to coach arkansas i wanted him to be the the razorback head coach i wanted to uh, bring him in and have that air raid type offense and have the type of uh seasons to where i don't know if he would ever get to a national championship level but you know that he would always be a coach that would never have a losing record or would never have a bad year uh, he would be having an exciting offense to go along with it too his defenses would be pretty good as well like you just kind of knew what to, to to get out of him when it came to his coaching and his really entertaining personality and the fact that you know he was he has a law degree that he's not using and he's coaching football instead at a, at a high level and always told you exactly how he felt and what was on his mind and had no filter you could ask him literally any question and without hesitation he would give you an honest answer that was just something that uh, made it really special for college football and for people who you know love having honesty and love having uh, a very unfiltered and open answer for any type of topic that makes it fun to talk about and makes it kind of endearing for uh, what Mike Leach was and who he was. So it was really sad and it's still really sad. And it, like you said, it, even though he didn't even coach at my school, it still was a huge impact to us all who love college football. And I always respected Mike Leach. You know, I, even if he was a rival in this division against uh, my team, the Razorbacks, I still respected him. I still love. I still loved what he did. I I loved what he did at Texas Tech. I loved what he did at Washington State. He's just a really tough guy to not like, and so he will be missed. And it's just so sad to see the news today that uh, his passing. So I don't know, really, uh, you know, what that's even like. I don't think anybody, any of us do, to know what it's like to not only uh, you know have a coach of our team uh, be able to be you know, you know, go through the health issues that he was going through, but then to to, to be gone before we know it. So I just, I hate it. I hate it. I hate everything about it. It's so sad and it's very emotional, but uh, again, thoughts and prayers to his family, to the Mississippi state community and to the university and to, to everybody out there that knew him. There's everybody's coming out with their own stories that they had interactions with Mike Leach. I'm almost jealous. Cause it's like, man, I, I love that guy. I wish I had an interaction with him. I wish I would have had a, something to talk to him about or ask him a funny question or something like that because uh, he was just that really that entertaining. So he will be missed. College football won't be the same without him. And it's just something that I hope, uh, you know, nobody ever has to go through. But, hey, here's the thing. He he always did things his own way. He uh, he made it his own way. And he uh, till the very end, man, he, he didn't change. He didn't waver. And I respect him a lot for that. So RIP to you, Coach Leach. Going to miss you, man. And, uh, again, SEC football and college football itself won't be the same without you. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.